Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Life lessons from dad. Some things that I've learned from dad over the years, and there are a couple of things I think he even said yesterday. As I was preparing this message, he brought up one of them, and I said, man, that's crazy. Life lessons, life lessons from dad. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 25. <clears throat> I'm going to read you this story. It's familiar to many of you. Interesting how the Lord gave me this. It just all fell into place here. Luke 10, 25, and we're going to read down through verse 37. So let me just grab that right here in my Bible. It's on the screens for you. I just want to be able to wander around, not even worry about the screens. As I read, bro, you can just continue there with the screen. So Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus is telling a story here. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? Jesus is always brilliant and gifted at disarming, disarming people by asking them a question, even if they addressed him with a question. How do you read the law of Moses? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. One translation says, do this and you will have eternal life. Verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Huh. Who is my neighbor? Everybody's your neighbor, right? But this guy wanted to justify himself. He wanted to get one over. So Jesus, look at what Jesus said. Scripture says, verse 30, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. That's a dusty road, man. That's a dusty road. I guess it was a dangerous road at this time. Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. He was almost dead. He was beaten, robbed. What a sad, sad state of affairs there. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. Then a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Verse 33. Then a despised Samaritan came along. See, the Samaritans were hated by the Jews. They were considered mixed-breed Jews. They were mixed with pagan blood and Jewish blood, and they were looked down upon for several reasons. A despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. He knew he was Jewish. He knew he was a Jewish man, but the Samaritan showed love to him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Who is my neighbor? Hmm. A unique text for what I'm going to be talking to you about today in life lessons from my dad, my first point being everyone has a choice. My dad has taught me that. He's told me that lately. We can't force people. We just got to love them. You got to give people a choice. Everyone has a choice. Now, based upon the fact that everybody has a choice, 
That means there's no excuses either, though. Once you figure out that you have a choice, that means you don't have an excuse. Say, well, he lost his parent, or he lost this, or he lost his marriage, or this happened, or there, the tragedy happened. That's why he's doing that. That's why he's strung out on drugs and alcohol, or that's why she's doing this. It's because of what happened. But how many of you know that no matter what happens, you still have a choice? You can choose how to respond to things in life. I was talking to dad yesterday about mom's passing. I asked him some questions I haven't asked him yet. And dad said, you know, she's better off than us now, basically. She's better off than us. She's in heaven rejoicing. And he said, she's with her parents up there. And she's with those that have gone before us. She's rejoicing now. <clears throat> and when I'm reminded of mom's life, I'm reminded that everybody has a choice. See, mom, mom was a missionary's daughter. And in school, she was bullied. She was bullied pretty bad. They would give her a hard time on the bus growing up in uh, Panama in the Canal Zone. Military kids were there, and some of them were some of the best, and some of them were some of the worst. Because at that time, the United States uh, was, was treating Panama like a territory. We were there. And so there was kids on the bus that would give her grief. And y'all remember, the bus is not always good, is it? I, I rode the bus. You learned some things you shouldn't have learned. You were told some things you shouldn't have been told, and maybe you said some things you shouldn't have said. Man, we got in fights. I got a black eye on the bus. I put people in some wrestling moves on the bus. I threw up on the bus. I, it just some stuff happened. I remember the guy, his, the bus driver's name was Jack. And I remember I threw up and he was pretty bummed out, but he was pretty kind anyway. But I was reminded of my mom and how she had a choice to forgive. And it was amazing. In her final months, her final weeks, her final days, how clear her conscience was. I'm told that there are those they cross over, and they haven't forgiven, and they're blaming God, or they're not right with God, and it's miserable, and it's terrible. But mom was in peace. She realized, we have a choice. And my dad says this. It's one of the themes of his life that people have a choice. And dad has told me before, we can't force them. We just tell them the truth, and we love them, and we forgive them. But everybody has a choice. Sometimes we say, I didn't have a choice. When we say, I didn't have a choice, uh, we really had a choice, huh? It's just, it was the only obvious choice, or it was what you felt you had to do. But everybody, everybody has a choice. One of the lessons I've learned from my dad. Joshua 24, 15, we don't have to put this on the screens. It says, choose today who you will serve. Today. Today is the day of choice, I believe. You have a choice, so you can choose every day. In the Garden of Eden, people, people have even gotten real philosophical about this and said, well, why did God even have two different trees to eat from? Because there's always a choice. And God is not going to force you and just set a path where the only choice is Him. God's not like that. That's not real love, is it? Can you imagine had I forced my wife and said, you're going to love me? We wouldn't have lasted this long. Oh, you're going to love me. I, you're going to love me. You will love me. No, it doesn't work like that. We choose to love each other. We choose. Everyone has a choice. And God gave us a choice since the Garden of Eden to choose Him or not. So you have a choice today. Second life lesson I've learned from my dad, and there's probably a million, but I've summed them up in five points today. Help someone when you can. My dad has always had a big heart, 
for helping the poor and remembering the poor. And I don't know if he got that from his dad. I don't know if it was just being a man of the word or just something that he's chosen to do as a believer, a man of faith. But that's always weighed heavily on me. I love to donate clothes when I can or give clothes or shoes or do what I can to help those that maybe don't have as much as me or those that they can use something that I used before. Y'all have done this for us. You as believers, I'm going to let you shut that off. That's okay, I forgive you. I have a choice. Okay, now turn the volume off so it doesn't come back. I'll make sure the volume's off. That's all right. That's okay. Had it been anybody else, I'd have been mad at him, but it's Sister Rose, so I'm not mad. (laughs) Sister Rose has, has been a true and loyal, faithful friend. God bless you, Sister Rose. Help someone when you can. Y'all have done this for us. You don't even know how much it means just to have a text after mom crossed over. Get a text or call and someone say, if there's anything I can do. Whether you call that in or not, there were some people said, is there anything I can do? And I said, yeah, I got family coming in. Can you have the tree in my backyard trimmed? They did it. Amazing. Needed the lawn mowed. That happened a few times. Praise God. Man, you guys have done this. Y'all have lived out your faith and your Christianity. You, some of you just talked to me and said, man, I'm here. I, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm praying for you. It's going to be okay. You just talked to me. You don't even know how you bless me when you talk to me. You bless me when you talk to me. Well, you bless me just saying, man, I'm your friend. I love you. Man, we're brothers in Christ. Man, we go to the same church and we serve the same God. You've done this to help someone when you can. My dad's always been big on that. If it's in your power to help somebody, help them. My wife and I love to help people when we can. I know that there's people that say, man, they're just going to go use that for alcohol or drugs. If you give them money on the streets, they just, you know what, that's between them and God. And if I feel led, I'm going to just tell them, hey, man, Jesus loves you. I invite them to church if they're local and say, man, we're praying for you. What's your name? I'm praying for you. And they'll thank you. They'll thank you, man. Somebody needs help around you. There's so much more than just us, like last month's message, right? There's so much more than just us. Help someone when you can. Reach out and bless them. Pastor Jen was talking about this morning. Did you know that you're helping someone when you can by inviting them to church, by telling them about Jesus, by sharing your faith? You're helping them. Hmm. Who needs your help now? I want you to think about that. Who needs your help Who needs your help? Real quickly, before we move to the next point, I want you to think of three people in your life that need help. Think of them. Go ahead. You're thinking of somebody that needs your help. They need the help of this church. They need to hear the word. They need to be involved in a small group here with Flourish or Heroic. They need help. They need to go to a men's retreat or a women's retreat. Think about it. Just a moment. Somebody who needs help. You've already thought of three. It's easy. Point three today. I love this. People deserve a chance. People deserve a chance. My dad always taught me that. Growing up, I remember I'd be mad at somebody. And dad would go, you know what, though? Poor soul. He'd say, poor soul. I'd say, oh, man, you're right. He'd say, man, that poor soul, we got to pray for him. 
That always touched my heart when dad would say that. I'd feel convicted. I'm like, man, I wanted to be mad at them, dad. You messed it up, but that's okay. I just can't be mad at them now. Poor soul, it's true, man. Let's pray for them. Let's love them. Let's have mercy. Let's be merciful. Let's be kind to them. People deserve a chance. And you know what? They deserve a second chance. God didn't create us to be doormats, to be walked on and taken advantage of all the time. But there's a time where you give people a chance and there's a time when you stop. But people deserve chances. I've gotten many. Maybe you've gotten all kinds of chances. I've been forgiven by so many amazing people in my life that I'm able to stand up here in front of you today because I've been forgiven, because I've been given a chance. And I thank God for that. I thank God for my family, my dad forgiving me, my wife forgiving me, maybe you. I thank God most of all for him forgiving me, his forgiveness. You deserve a chance, and other people deserve a chance. Look at all the chances God's, God's given us. Man, and we've been getting, given some great and merciful chances, haven't we? Good chances. You're like, man, I'm going to capitalize on this. I'm going to do good with this now, and you have in some area. So people deserve a chance. That's point three today. That's point three. Point four. We talked about this yesterday, my dad and I. This is something he always reminded us of. Somebody is in a tougher battle than us. There's always somebody who has it worse than you. There's always somebody who's worse off than you. I'm reminded that this was in a church bulletin years ago. Dad put it in there. A man said, I complained because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. People say, man, I'm renting, man. I'm renting this apartment. Yeah, but it has a swimming pool. Say, man, I haven't bought my house yet. I'm renting. Uh Uh-huh, but you're paid up and you have a place to stay and it's nice and you have good neighbors. Say, man, this crazy car, it's, it's giving me problems. Yeah, but you have a vehicle. You know how many times I walked through this town? And I know that was my choice because I didn't get a car at that time or I was a cheapskater. You know how many times I walked through this town? I'm so grateful to have a vehicle. I am. The air conditioner blows well, man. It, it, it has Bluetooth. That's old technology, I know. But I can play music in there. It's so cool. I can play CDs. Y'all remember CDs? Got the Bible on CD in there. It's so amazing. It has cruise control. It's big and roomy. Man, there's somebody is going through a worse situation than you. Dad and I kind of mentioned that briefly yesterday. There's always somebody going through a battle that's worse than yours. So that ties into the point above, or two points above. Help someone when you can. Be merciful with people. Be gracious with people. Be forgiving. We've got to open our eyes to the suffering around us. You know, the news is hard to stomach, even local news. All it is is bad news. Have you noticed that? They'll have a little bit of good news, and it's like, this woman was murdered. This child was kidnapped. Amber Alert. This happened. And man, New Mexico news is bad. I don't know about Texas or anywhere else, but I I know Texas has some bad news too, but New Mexico news, Albuquerque news, sometimes it's just bad. They shot up the house. This guy drove a bus into a house. I'm like, golly. Got to open your eyes to the suffering around us. People are going through things. People are going through it today. You've got somebody in your life right now, and I speak by the Spirit of God today. There's somebody in your life that you know you need to contact today. This is for somebody. It may be for several somebodies. You need to contact them today and tell them you love them and you're praying for them. Invite them to church or whatever, but tell them you love them and you're praying for them. Maybe it's been a while. 
but you need to contact him today. Maybe it's your dad. You say, man, you don't know how he's going to respond to me. You know what? Just tell him you love him. Or tell him, you say, man, that's hard. Just call and say, I'm praying for you, dad. Hope you're doing all right. Or whoever it is. I feel like there's somebody in this house who needs to do that today. Because there's somebody in a tougher battle than you. People are they're struggling with sicknesses, family problems, troubled hearts, depression, anxiety. And the answer to their problems and the answer to the world's problems lives in you. That's Jesus. So somebody's in a tougher battle than us. Don't forget that. Be kind. Be available. Be loving. Have your boundaries, but say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus as far as his will and loving people. Say yes to God, not no. Man, don't say no when it comes to helping people and being a blessing and being just a lover of people. They need it, man. They need it. They need it. And point five today. Keep the faith. My dad is a man of faith. You can wake him up out of a deep sleep, and he sleeps deep. He falls asleep as soon as his head hits a pillow. You can wake him up out of a deep sleep and go, Dad, it's time to preach. And I'm convinced Dad would rise up and go, all right, turn in your Bibles, and he would preach on faith. <laughs> he knows it. He would. Dad would wake up and go, what? Okay, where? And I'd say, right here, Dad. They got to hear about faith. And Dad would wake up, and he'd say, all right, Romans chapter 10. He'd say, turn in your Bibles, man, even if he wasn't holding his Bible. He doesn't sleep with his Bible on his chest or anything. It's nearby, though. But he'd wake up, man, and he'd teach faith. Jen and I were talking after Mom passed. And we agreed that Dad is doing great. He's mourned, he's grieved, but he's strong, he's doing great. And Jen told me something. She said he's doing what he's always done. He has a schedule, a routine, and he sticks with it. He's in the Word and he's in prayer. He's doing what he's always done. He's keeping the faith. Speak positive. Somebody say that with me. Say, speak positive. Somebody say, think positive. Somebody say, keep your joy. Somebody say, laugh. Somebody say, believe God. Somebody say, trust God. Somebody say, I will live out my faith through my actions. Through my love, by being faithful. This is, <clears throat> these are some life lessons from dad, but my dad's life message is be faithful. Be faithful. I remember I, I would ask him, and this is talking about keeping the faith, man, with God, of course. It's being faithful to God, but when you're faithful to God and you walk in faith with God, you can be faithful with people around you. You can be faithful in relationships. I hadn't been married long. <clears throat> years ago, and something came up, how mom and dad had been through trials or something. I said, Dad, how did y'all do it? Because, you know, I'm learning. And I, my wife and I are truly just like mom and dad till death do us part. That has been our covenant. And I said, Dad, how did you and mom do it? How did you guys get through so many things? How did you do it all this time? How did you stay together so long and, and raise us and do your best and be, be faithful? And dad said, we made a covenant. You cannot keep a covenant without keeping your faith. I promise. You cannot keep your covenant to God without keeping your faith. 
Because if you keep your faith to the Lord, you're going to obey Him. And if you obey Him, it's going to be easy to keep a covenant with Him. Something you've already given Him your word about. So keep the faith today, like my dad does, like my dad has. And our perfect example of a father is our Heavenly Father, who manifests Himself in the form of Jesus. And Jesus did all of this, didn't He? He did all of this. The perfect example, the perfect story today, the Good Samaritan. All these points were in there. Let's go back to these points. Point one, everyone has a choice. <clears throat> the Jewish man had a choice on which road to choose, didn't he? He picked the road there, that certain road. He went down that road, and he was beaten by bandits and robbed by bandits. The bandits had a choice, didn't they? They didn't have to do that. A priest walked by, and then a temple assistant walked by, and they ignored this man and did not help him. They had a choice. But then we get to point two, help someone when you can. And the Samaritan, he had a choice, but he helped someone when he could. When it was in his power to help, he helped. Point three, people deserve a chance. Man, that Jewish man deserved a chance. He deserved a chance, and the Samaritan gave it to him. Someone from another hated culture nearby showed love to this Jew because he deserved a chance. Wow. This Samaritan walked by and realized, point four, someone is in a tougher battle than me. This dude is bleeding out. I thought it was rough at home. I thought, man, I was struggling to pay the camel bill. I was really struggling to have someone to clean up all the camel doo-doo in my yard. And I was going to have to do it. All the problems of life. Man, where was our next meal going to come from? The olive oil was running low. The olive trees had died in our yard. Maybe there wasn't a great harvest this year. I don't know. But that Samaritan realized somebody is in a tougher battle than me. And because he realized that, he reached out. And point five, we do not know the Good Samaritan's faith background. But we know that he kept the faith by loving his neighbor. We know that he kept the faith by loving his neighbor. Say, who is my neighbor? Anybody you come in contact with? Oh, no, they have to live next door to me. Now, some of your neighbors are crazy, huh? Some of y'all have had some crazy neighbors. I remember back in the day, growing up on the south side, we had to pray some neighbors out. Lord, save them and get them out of here. <laughs> Loud music and prostitution and drugs and crazy stuff going on late. And they didn't stand for it. It was crazy. Every time they prayed, those folks would move out. I never forgot that. And we'd love people, and we showed love to people, but when they're disturbing people's sleep, you know how it is. And we had a good neighbor, a good neighbor. The Parkers, they lived across the street. They were such good neighbors that one time our dog barked all night, and so they called the police. Wow, your neighbor, and we loved them. They just couldn't do it, though. They were an older couple. They were retired, and they couldn't do it. So they weren't going to come wake us up at night, so I guess they called the police. I don't know whatever happened with that. That was the... You know what? I need to repent in front of y'all. That dog was a bad dog, Dad, because we didn't spend time with him. Patch. Man, he was bad. He was so beautiful. He was a Springer Spaniel and Blue Healer mix, and he'd run away. No wonder he's running away. Nobody would hang out with him. I feel so convicted by that. But now we're good to our dogs, okay? We are, all of us. Keep the faith. Keep moving forward. Dad had me watch and listen to a video before service today. Don't let fear hold you back. You say, oh man, Pastor Matt and the pastor's family, the pastoral family, they don't, they don't feel any fear. No, you know what? I've been assaulted by fear. Even lately. 
can't explain it, and God is speaking to me, and I'm moving through it. The enemy has tried to throw up a smoke screen and a distraction. But I thank God that by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I've been overcoming. I've been overcoming. He said, oh, it's just your mom's death. No, it was before that. There was something going on. I don't know if it was the grieving process for mom's death. I don't know if it was an old weakness. But let me tell you something. The reason I'm being vulnerable with you this morning is this. God cannot move me to the next level until I trust him to help me overcome where I am right now at this level. So don't you be stuck in the same place struggling with the same thing a year from now. Don't. God's delivered me from so many things. I didn't just have it handed to me on a silver platter. I had wonderful parents, but I still had a choice, didn't I? I had a choice to say yes to the right things. I had a choice to say no to the wrong things. I had a choice in creating boundaries of godliness in my life. I've had a choice, and I haven't always made the right choice. But man, for years now, I've been making great choices. And I make mistakes, but here's the deal, once again, in keeping the faith and learning life lessons from my dad, in keeping the faith, let God deal with you where you are, exercise your faith where you are to overcome what you need to overcome right where you are, and don't wait till tomorrow. You're struggling in an area? Read a book about it. There's Christian books on everything by good authors. You're struggling in an area? Are you reading the Word? Are you in the Word every day? Get back into the Word and prayer. There's folks who say, man, I just need counseling. No, you know what we've learned? And this is old school. And mom and dad used to tell me this growing up. They say, man, many times you, do, you need to be able to confess your sins and faults one to another. But when the counseling doesn't help, just why don't you move on in and kneel down at the altar and keep the faith? Worship God. Talk to Him about your problem. Ask Him to solve your problem. Ask Him to work on you. That's another life lesson from dad. In keeping the faith is, man, get to that altar and pray. Get to that altar and pray. On that note today, I want you to stand to your feet, if you would. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads, and I'm going to pray with you. This is a very important prayer, and we're going to start here. This is so important. Is there anybody in this house today, at the sound of my voice, that would say, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. Is there anybody in this house that says, I have not accepted Jesus or made him my Lord? Would you please raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. You want to be right with God? You want to be right with God? God bless you, sir. Thank you for your courage. God bless you. Anybody else? All right. Right where you are at your seat, I want you to, everybody in this house, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father.